everything in, in a little the road and we got this other device what's the, the other device that we got richie that once the shit goes through it it's pretty much already a mix some shit like that was the, the shit that we got the the switcher thing what's the name of the switcher thing oh the switcher the black magic yeah the black magic so <laughs> it makes our life a whole lot easier i didn't even know we had that shit you don't know nothing <laughs> <laughs> ladies and I'll gentlemen like boys the- and girls Children of all ages, if you've been smoking rock or under a rock, you now tuned into the motherfucking personal party podcast. Chip. I did, that, I did that almost like a sneeze. I ain't gonna hold you. That <laughs> shit sounded like a sneeze. Yo, B. Stat, I don't know if you're familiar, but he has the wackest ad lib in podcast history. I don't know who he stole it from. I'm proud of that shit. Okay. I don't know who he stole it from or what's what. But the shit's so annoying, it bothers me every time. Anyway, I have one of my brothers in the building tonight. You know what I mean? As I make my rounds, you know what I mean? I had to, I had to get the identity of my podcast right. Right. Before I started to have certain people in here, you know what I mean? And I said, you know, we built this podcast around culture and around my friends. I, I was going to say that. I see you know? the list of who's been through here so far. And it's, it's all the it's circle. All, it's all the circle. You know what I mean? So I feel like our story is so much of our stories to be told that everybody can have a part two because it's so yeah, yeah, much, yeah. you know what I mean? And our, our chemistry alone. But anyway, I have a DJ's DJ, a producer's producer, mm. right? Coming from Boston, Mass., However, a long Lawrence, time ago. however, a long time <laughs> All ago. over, man. All over. But I came to New York City almost 18 years ago. Oh, you're so a New you, Yorker. You're a New Yorker. That's what I was getting to. I was getting to. You know what I mean? You was born over there. You, you know what I mean? You, you put, you're a legend over there. I my still, won't, you're I still, still won't put on a Yankees hat. It will never happen. You still, yeah, um, why, yo, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. However, you know what I mean? I have a DJ's DJ, producer's producer was born in Boston but he's actually a New Yorker even though he won't wear Yankee fitted but one day he will he's a mass hole but he's still you're in the home of the Yankees also one of my favorite producers and favorite DJs to work with Um, I had the the privilege and honor on being on multiple shows and tours around the world with you some fun times some very very fun times many many fun times I have the great Static selecting this motherfucker. Shit. What's good, man? Happy to be here. I haven't done a podcast in a long time by choice because it's everybody got a podcast. Mm. I ain't trying to do everybody's podcast. I'm you, trying you, to do the ones I like. See, now, see now that, that makes that makes me feel great. You know what I mean? You want to do the ones you like. You fuck with my shit. That's good. That that's that's what we need. And I feel like it's a role reversal because usually I come sit with you on at my radio show, yeah. Like on your radio show, and you're sitting in this seat. And I'm over there. Yeah, yeah. And now I get to do the interviewing. So right it's, 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 it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful position for me to be in. Yes, sir. But um, shit, man, we got a lot to discuss. Now, I said you're my favorite DJ's DJ. And I say that because you're somebody that actually collects records. You care about the craft. Absolutely. When did you get into DJing? DJing, I, I would even say before I had turntables because I used to sit there with cassette singles and pretend I was on the radio. Like I'd do talk breaks and all that when I was like 11, 12 years old and just be like, you know, I'd make up a radio station name and be like, next up, new single from Bahamadia or next <laughs> group home or whatever. And um, 
you know, that turned into actually being on the radio by the time I was 13. Uh, I might have been 14 when I started radio, 96. 13, 14. Yeah, so the way it works, and it's funny because when I first started popping, everybody's like, oh, he's a rich kid that went to private school. Absolutely not. Phillips Academy was in the town. That my, so my parents broke up when I was 10 years old mm-hmm. and moved to New Hampshire, which is like right above Lawrence, Massachusetts. Right. And, um, the school Phillips Exeter's there, and John Forte was actually going there at the time. John he had a Forte. scholarship, so they had a radio station there. I was going to Exeter High School. I was in junior high when I started radio, but I was going to junior high school there. It's not you know that glitzy of a town. There's trailer mm-hmm. parks and you know it's whatever, but the academy's there, and that Mark Zuckerberg was going there at the time. Like the academy is like you hear these names. This is like every single kid that goes to Phillips Academy ends up at Princeton or Harvard. It's like you're guaranteed you're good in life. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Like some really next level. But here's the deal: is they had a radio station, and they had to give four people from the local town a show every semester. So you had to write an essay, you had to like apply for it. And I started going to my man's show. And the next semester, I was like, nah, I'm signing up. And I got my own show when I was 14. Um, it was called Underground Butter. And it's funny because it was Thursday show? night. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was all high school kids. It was yeah. a private high school. So it was considered college radio to the industry because there's no such thing as high school radio. So we reported to CMJ and Gavin and all that. I was getting records in the mail and all that. Mm. So, you know, I started radio very, very early in life. And uh, it's it's just always been my, my passion. When when the mixtape game crumbled and all that, and back in 07, that's when I started doing albums. But doing Shade 45 kept that spark alive because every week my radio show became my mixtape. Right. You know? Like getting the exclusives off. I kept that passion the whole time, whereas everybody else had no outlet after that. You know? Like the internet took over. The blogs took over and all that. But I still was doing that on the radio. And that just, you know, that, that special place in my heart. So I always do radio one form or another. But... 16 uh 15 years strong on Shade 45 now. How Number long? one hip hop station in the world. Don't 15? get that messed up. Yeah. Holy shit. Years. So so right after doing the mixtapes was when you got to to Shade pretty much. No, nah, I was I was on Shade during the I started Shade in 05, so 16 oh, years, 16 years. Oh yeah. wow. See now that's that's another thing I wanted to bring up the mixtape era. It's it's many it's many DJs that was a part of the mixtape era, but not many that's still relevant yeah. today. And you happen to A lot to of be, jobs got canceled. A lot of jobs got canceled to the blocks. Yeah. How did you, you know, uh, navigate through that world after the mixtape world and finding your footing? I remember like it was two seconds ago. Mm. I seen the um, the news. I think it might have been on either MTV or a website or something. It was like drama and Cannon arrested. These are I my guys. That. Like I remember that. Those, these were my guys, man. They still are. Shout out to you know, that's family. But I remember seeing it be like, it's over. Right now, it's over. Like it's over, over. The whole game. I was kind of waiting for it. Were you so, paranoid? Nah, not really. Cause I was getting away with murder too. Mm-hmm. Murder. I was putting my tapes on iTunes. Mm. Like I was wilding. Like other people's shit. I wasn't even <laughs> producing the shit yet. I was just putting people's shit on iTunes. Uh, um, but I called Clinton, I called Clinton Sparks because he was uh he owned part of Mix Unit, which was the number one mixtape website. And I was like, Yo, bro, like, what do you what are you gonna do? And he's like, What are you talking about? I go Mix Unit. He goes, What's that? Like. Hmm. He thought the feds were on the phone. They probably were. Like, literally, they were doing millions of dollars a year. And 
he was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, all right, bro, I'll talk to you later. Like, that's how serious it was. It was like literally some mob shit when you call yeah. it, yo, I don't know, who are you talking about? I don't know who that is. Like, I knew that moment it was over. And I was like, you know what? I got to start hitting that MPC harder and making beats and make my own album. Because if I don't do that, I'm going to be, you know, I'd still be doing radio and all that. But I had to take it. See, I didn't care about producing before that. Mm. I had my little AZ, my KRS-One, Foxy Brown. I had like placements. But I made beats like 1% of the time. I went from doing that to focusing on making beats after that. And it was like, I got to. My career goals like instantly got. I had to put my foot on the gas because that mixtape game was feeding a lot of people. For sure, done for sure, immediately. Sure. One like, like picture game. a whole income stream just being like, <laughs> it's different than just losing your job and be like, yo, I'm gonna go look for a new job. Right, I lost right, my job right. on Wall Street. I'm gonna go work at this firm. No, bro. It's like picture Wall Street disappearing and stocks not existing. Like the shit was crazy, man. Nah, I'm with you, man. That's like the government came and picked up everybody that cocaine bust. Nigga, that mm. shit was just like it's that, like nigga. it's like that shit like that. Them stop make they they stop manufacturing baseballs exactly. and you're a baseball player. It's exactly. like it's over. It's over. And that was a pretty stressful thing, but I was never really worried because I was like, you know, I'm a I've been hustling my whole life, man. From I used to bring my family to water parks off selling lemonade. Like I I always hustled. My mom gave me that mm. trait, so. I wasn't worried, but I was like, damn, hip-hop's about to change forever, and it did. Shout out mm. to Mom Duke. Yeah. Who who gave you your first placement, as far as producer goes? Um, my man Rex, man. Shout out to R.E.K.S. He, uh, I had a record on his album. He was on Land Speed. This is 2001, so I was 19 years old. That was the first time that I had something on a piece of wax that I produced. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. After that was KRS-One and AZ. Hold on, hold on. What record did you produce for Foxy? Uh, too real with AZ featuring AZ. Oh, that's it was hard. on her Brooklyn Don Diva, and when oh, she got out of hard. prison, Bob Perry. I'm not even gonna start talking about that guy, but he put the album together while she was in prison on Koch. And when she got out, she said the one I did was the only song on the album that she liked. Like the rest of the album was like put together, and the record I did, AZ really came through and did his verse, and I remixed her verse because she was in prison, so I used the verse. But she loved that record, so that meant a lot. You just ran past KRS One though. Yeah, so. The thing is, I did the intro and outro, so it never really counted to me. Even though it's on his album, it just didn't count the same way. Yeah, I never worked again. Uh, we did a lot of shows, but nah, we know I never. He was on my first album, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that did work. Huh. Cool. Right. So, so DJing the mixtape era, producing right, and then this internet yeah. era arrives. The internet made things a lot better and a lot a worse. A lot worse, yeah. right? So a lot of us had to adjust because even me as an MC, right? I was I was privileged to be a part of the mixtape era, right? But then once hip hop game and shit like that started to come about, and I had people like Mickey Fax that was in my circle that was already right. in that world, I didn't quite understand it at first, and it was a it took a lot. Even it was a culture shift because I felt like mixtapes went from the streets to Soho. Yeah. To that world. To where you had to you had to understand that world to understand the internet. Right. Even before then. Like what was your challenges understanding the internet compared to, you know, mixtape shows, shit like that? I feel like I always had the I was always ahead of the curb because I had like I remember my father was one of the first people to have internet in the whole like <laughs> his whole area. I remember downloading a like I download a picture of Red Man and Met the Man. 
on Yo MTV Raps on AOL, and it would take 25 minutes to download the picture. Facts. That's how 100%. long it was. So I always was on some hip-hop shit on the internet, like from going on Sandbox and listening to 12-inch records before I bought them on there. And then, like, I watched the whole internet go from, you know, shit like uh, real hip-hop to um, Sandbox to... Uh, What's it called? Um, hip hop site. Then hip hop game came along, and that's around the time the game. Hip hop game was hip-hop a big game shift. Hip hop game was the shift, but they couldn't keep up with it, and that's why they fell off. Like mm. that was a big shift. Hip hop game changed a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. They were the first site I seen post exclusives like a mixtape. Facts. And like people were ripping. I remember like certain DJs were ripping shit off their site and putting it on the mixtapes. I was. I never did nothing like that, but that mm. was crazy when I started seeing that, and I was like, nah, it's all changing. You got to embrace it, though. Hmm. A lot of people, like even with the live streaming, me and Gibbs and Freeway were doing live albums in 2010. I was on that Gibbs album yeah. in 2010. Bro, we were so far ahead of the curve with that. Ustream. Yeah. This is the Ustream. What the fuck happened to Ustream? Uh, they they didn't keep up. Live stream too. They didn't keep up. Huh. And now look at Twitch. It's like, that's just a, a souped up version of that. Mm-hmm. Huh. See, you was ahead of the game with, with actually doing a 24-hour album. After, when you Nobody told me you was doing that, I was way. like, you're insane. I don't know how the fuck you're going to do Me that. and Bun about to do part two. And I, yo, it's crazy. All the 24 out. Let me put some air horns. Because every 24 hour album, any 24 clear, hour album. Let's be clear, that took 24 hours. The Saigon one took 24 hours because oh, that album. was the first one I ever did. Okay. But what, we didn't have no streaming capability. So uh, no one, a lot of people didn't believe it. That it literally took like 23 hours. All the other projects were less than 12 hours. So I don't even want to use yeah, the it word was like 24 hours. Let's, let's say 10. The let's Bun just say it was a 11. work day. A work day. I, I was I was on a the, the Freddie joint that y'all did where we did make it warm for you. Mm-hmm. The Classic Chase, record. Chase Infinite. That's People crazy. We know. had Chase People Infinite rapping yeah. on that shit. Chase has been you know on a couple I mean? projects. So so that that's crazy. And then I was on Trill Static, yep. which was amazing. And, and you left. And you and West Side took a walk somewhere. I don't know where y'all went. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, yo, Fat Joe's here and he's getting on the song with you. And you were like, what? I didn't believe it. I was like, what? Because like, Fat Joe wasn't even invited, bro. He showed up. He was literally told me he was in bed watching us on YouTube and was like, nah, I'm getting out of bed. And he got dressed. Shout out to Feeve for connecting that. Word. And he came through, man. And I was so disappointed because there was another artist that flaked. There was one artist that flaked. And I was like, damn, man, who am I going to put on whatever... Bro, Fat Joe Fat. showed up wearing the hoodie with like he wasn't he was no D-I-T-C, jewelry. Fat he Joe. came through like yeah. you know Joey just crack. yeah man yeah. and he sat there and wrote that verse and everybody seen him write it too for all the I know through the years has been oh pun blah 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 nah man we watched Joe write the verse and it was incredible that's a fact yeah. that's a fact Joe is one of my favorites so you know I was super excited he's he's a hip hop he uh, what's the word he's like the He's the ambassador he's, of hip hop, yeah, man. He's so hip hop, bro, and he don't have to be. He got all the J Lo records, and all, he don't have to be like that. He's hmm. the most hip hop dude I've ever met. In my he life. from DITC, hmm. man. I mean, Joe had records since '92. Mm-hmm. And if you, you gotta, <laughs> last night I was talking about we were playing pool and they were playing um, the D and D All Stars joint, and I was like, Joe would be at every session just getting. Think about how random it is in '95 for him to be on. Uh, I shot you by LL, or to be on that D and D, or to be a—he was coming from a crew, but he just bullied his like the way he got on all these features so early, and it's 2021, he's still doing he's it. Still Come rocking. on, man! Do now, not talk about longevity and not mention Fat Joe. Nah, Word. he's the illest. Word. Now you know we we shifted for a minute. Yeah. But I want to get back to something. The whole 
hibachi style make an album in front of you. Now, I make songs in front of my fans. Yeah. I call it hibachi because they so, can see me chefing so. up. You make projects in front of the world, hibachi style, yeah. with other MCs. Now, some artists are difficult as far as when you play certain beats for them. They they're looking for a certain pockets. Absolutely. You like to challenge us. Yeah. You'll play me shit where I'll be like, it's hot, but I don't want to do it. And you're like, no, bro. This I'm telling you, just I'm telling you. <laughs> and then I do it and I'm like, oh no, you was right. Right. So you doing that live with an artist, you have to already study the artist yeah. to already know where you're going with Plus shit. the DJ side kicks in and it's like, that's what I want to be playing. Mm. I always like if I start making records that I don't want to play on my radio show, I don't want to do this shit no more. That's mm. an advantage. Like all the greatest producers were DJs. Premier, Dr. Dre, Pete Rock, they're all DJs first. Facts. Even Q tip DJs. Like Facts. you know. That to me that's the foundation of hip hop, so why wouldn't it be the foundation of producing hip hop, you know? Mm. And, what made you think about, you know, doing doing it live for the fans? Like I think just when Ustream came out, we were bugging out and I was like, wait, why don't we just make records on it? And it was like, let's do it. And I went to XXL, and they came through, and we did it on their channel. Mm. And, um, man, I wish I had all that footage, bro. They got, like, back then, I think the, the the amount of space it took to save a live stream, like, I don't think they could do it. So they didn't. you couldn't download it after. Mm. I wish I had all that, man. Who's your top five producers? Preem, Q-Tip, Pete Rock. Um, it changes a lot. Dilla and Alchemist. Mm. <laughs> Shout out That's to Alan and the Chemist. Five. That's hard. That's a mean star. That's five. a mean five. You know, before, because I was going to get into the producer side of things. That was a good question, show. But right, anytime I hear a Static Selector project, is one person I know I'm for sure going to hear on it. Shout out to my brother, Terminology. Shout good dad, Right? You let an air horn go for my dog. When did you meet Term? Term was a part of the whole mixtape era with you too. Like I remember, yeah. I remember Term from back then. Yep, from Source magazines and all yeah, that. That's, so that was, he's man, definitely. I not was new. going into this. Shout out to um Gotti who used to do the unsigned hype, and I was <sighs> going at him like, "Yo, shout listen to Term, new shit. Listen to Term, these old rapping dudes. Listen, and you know it all. I would man, it, it's been a crazy ride. I met Term in '98. He was Damn. 16 years old, and I was DJing this club in uh, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. Right, like. Everybody from Lawrence, Lowell, Boston, they'd all, it was 21 and under. It was a kids' party. But it would be 500 people every Friday night, like packed. And we were playing everything from the new Nas and Jay Z to reggae to house music, like a little house music. Like, I'm, I'm talking about like soulful house, though, like the B Boys and the house dancers, we were getting busy. And um, we'd do open mic at the end of every week at 1 a.m., we'd do open mic. And Tarn would be there every week, first one in line, writing his name. He used to have the, you know, Raiden from Mortal Kombat? Yeah. He used to have yeah. the Raiden hat on. <laughs> and he'd always be like, I want to battle so-and-so. I want to battle so-and-so. I'd be like, you're bugging, bro. And he'd always rap. And I'd be like, ah, oh, he, he, he cool. Like, this is, you know, we're 16 years old. And um, it turned into a thing where it was like, I hit him up like, hey, what are you doing? Like, come over to my house. And, like, we'd let our moms talk and I'd go sleep over his house. Or we were literally doing hip-hop sleepovers, listening to records. Term had a record collection and... He had an ASR. He had like all that, and he didn't make beats. He didn't. All he did was have all this to. He just loved hip hop that much. He like listened to twelve inch record singles. He'd listen to them, then put on the next one. Like, I don't know many people that do that that ain't DJs. Like, he literally, he loved that shit and he studied it the same way I did. So we like had an instant bond off that. And then um, 
we didn't see each other for a couple of years when I moved to Boston. And then um, he was working on some project, his first album, Out the Gate, which actually ended up being the first release on Show Off Records, my label. Fine. I did the intro for it in 2003. And then... Um, I moved to New York, so I didn't really see him right away after that. And then he started coming to New York a lot, and that's when it kind of became... We kind of always had like a friendly competition. He'd be like, yo, I got a song with so-and-so. And And I'd be like, yeah, check this out. I just got you on record with so-and-so. And And then you know, I brought him to Preem and all that, and it just was history after that. But, man, what a ride. That's (laughs) fire, bro. I love those stories. I love those stories because, you know, it's always good to hear about the journey. When you see the finished product, like... Seeing y'all for years just rocking, just rocking. You don't, a lot of people don't know the lineage that y'all had yeah. to even build into that. The relationship report. And, so that's You know, that's something dope. that brings everybody close together is being fucking broke together and trying to figure out how to get on, you know, this flight or make it downtown for this party or doing that. And like, you know, that's when you know there's been person. ups and downs, you know. Mm-hmm. Being a hip hop artist, a lot of people don't understand. It's the, a lot of work. The balance there is yeah. crazy. It is no With balance. Families on top of yeah. that, you know. Because you can never really find the balance yeah. in real time. Like, and it, it's that much sweeter when you start really living it, you know. For sure. For I remember sure. we'd I'd bring him, and I always find a way to bring him along, but we'd go to like the Mix Show Power Summit in DR, and I probably had $250 in my bank account. But I'm in DR at a five-star resort, wilding out with the clips and papoose and all these people, like, just wilding out with $200 in my bank, but still making it work and getting back to New York and putting on the whole show. You know, you can't be out here on some pity party shit. Like, I ain't got money. For sure. You got to act and look the part. But it's like, that shit was to getting to it when it's a reality you know it's not faking it till you make it either faking it till you make it is when you're straight front yeah but yeah, making it happen and being in the spot is you know it's one thing to be in the party broke it's another to be fronting like wearing fake jewelry and, and right. all that shit we never did right. none of that right 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 that's some real shit that, right there that's, that's, that's some real shit you know a, a lot of people think you just get into the shit make money like, if you want a career in this shit, like, yeah, you can come in and get a quick bag. It's a lot of niggas that are just, you know, hey, take this, take your whole life and just, yeah. right, go ahead. And when you take away all the, the the circus behind it, you better have that skill to, to hold up. To hold up. Mm-hmm. Someone but, puts turntables in front of you and you don't show off, I don't respect you as a DJ. Same thing for an MC. If you can't get on the mic right now and spit something... I don't, I don't respect it. You're not a rapper for real. I don't care what car you got. I don't care who your girl is. I don't care about none of that. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's how, that's how you in turn stay close because y'all both had the same drive. And he used to always, that whole time, the early, until probably about 2007, he'd be like, yo, your beats suck. <laughs> he just, he wouldn't rap on them. <laughs> I A&R'd his whole first album and he didn't even put one of my beats on it. I got him like all that shit and he didn't even put me on it because you know what? They probably did. And it always held me to a certain... I was like, I got to get better. I got to get better. Mm-hmm. And then when I did my first album, that's when everything changed. That mm. I like, I'm telling you, the day drama got arrested, it was a switch in my head. I was like, I got to take this shit serious right now. When did you con- uh, conceptualize uh, Show Off Records? When did you? 2000, uh, as a label, I would say 2006. But before that, we were putting out 12 inches of remixes I was doing on my mixtapes. And I had Show Off Marketing. We did all G-Unit shit. Def Jam, Atlantic, Virgin, like I was running the Northeast with the Street Team. Like I had all the most accounts, and that was a whole different angle to it too. And I was also on ninety seven in Boston before I came to New York. So like I was covering the game any way I could. Hmm. And the end game was to do what I'm doing now, but it was like I still wasn't taking production serious, and I should have been. But it was that day that I just 
that it clicked. Pivotal yeah. moment. Seemed mm. to be always in the right place too. You got. I was everywhere. Yeah. There wasn't nothing going on. I wasn't at like from parties at 50s house to open mics downtown in LDS. Like I was everywhere. I'd go to 20 events a night with $200 in my pocket. (laughs) Negative sometimes. I've gone on airplanes with negative $1,000 in my bank account. Like where they, the IRS came in and took everything. Like I've been crazy shit and it's like, feels good to later, you know, the fucking sacrifice. It's a fucking sacrifice. All right. So you DJ for a lot of artists as well. And not just on some skid bitch shit. Like you were the artist DJ. DJ right. right. DJ. Now, it's it's one artist that I'm, I'm going to put on the side. And I'm going to dedicate my own little block of the time to, okay. to y'all. But who was the first? Not even the first. What was the biggest? Who's the biggest artist that you've DJ for thus far? Nas. Um, Nas and Q-Tip. I mean, Q-Tip is my number one because he, I had never had a passport stamp. I think I went to Jamaica. I had one passport stamp. Hmm. And Tip was like, yo, you're coming to Japan? When we're in Japan, he was like, you're coming to Australia. Then we got back and we did, I think, 36 countries in Europe in like two months. Like he brought me around the world. Within two months, I had seen the whole world. It was crazy. So thank you, Q-Tip. He knows what he means to me. Like. Even if I didn't know him, he'd still be in my top producers and all that. Like, Tip is a monster. What does a Q-Tip show look like overseas? Word. Crazy. Crazy. Like, Pandemonium. Yeah. Like, we were doing, you know, 50,000 people a night at festivals and all that. Like, very good times, man. Hmm. Why, is he, why do you think hip-hop is bigger overseas than America? I wouldn't even say it's bigger. Bigger, but why the, do you think they take the, it? They come out more yeah, because yeah. not everybody's brother, sister, and cousin is a rapper. So they look at, especially Americans, like they come over there. It's like, yo, this is the real deal. You know what I mean? Like gotcha. it, It's like superheroes. The yeah. way that we looked at these guys when we were kids, now it's different. Think about it. Back in the day, in like 1994, if someone was like, I rap, you'd be like, oh, shit, let me hear you. That's <laughs> now if someone's like, I rap, you're like... I hate rap. Get away from me. Like, everyone does it. And it, it, water, it oversaturated the culture and everything. So it's like, you go to Europe, they're like, oh, shit, this is like, picture watching a movie your whole life, and then Robert De Niro walks in your, your town. Like, huh. what, what oversaturated rap, though? Everybody. Money? No. Just everybody wanting the girls and money. And, the lifestyle? And money was a big part of the it. Lifestyle. You think money saturated rap? I mean, people seeing that they could get the a opportun- The concept of the opportunity made That's a whole I mean. lot of people that didn't care about That's the music get into it. Like, I could just get a big check. That's all it is to make a song? When I started to see real drug dealers want to be rappers, that's when I knew it was changing. Because back in the day, rappers would wish that they'd even... They they wanted to be like the drug dealers. Now there's like there's like a grip first. of actual rappers now that were real drug dealers. But bust it though, because having a drug dealer POV, right? Just putting a mental like right. my mental in a drug dealer POV. Like if they rapping about my life and they rapping about me, and they're making money off of it, shit. Bro, I, I would be like, I'm fuck it, man. I'm not just, just saying that's when I seen the shift. Really living that's it. when I seen the shift though, mm. because now you have look at it now. Like some of the there's. Like half the chart is girl rappers now that probably couldn't tell you who was in, I don't know, Wu Tang Clan. Exactly. And they're, fucking, Absolutely. they're Absolutely. number one on the chart. Like exactly. when we lost the culture, that's when things changed because mm. you had to grow up in it and really understand it. And now it's like you don't have to know anything at all. You can sample anything you want. 
people like it, nothing matters. Write me a song. Like write me. I, don't yeah. like, write. Nothing I mean, they they've been doing shit like that, but yeah, I, I think I think what saturated rap was they made it too easy for people to get in. Yeah. I think um, we. I'm, I'm gonna say we because I'm talking about hip hop in general, but we let way too we as in. A, as a culture we like, let them in. We let them in, so <laughs> we can't be mad that we let them in, and then. You know, a lot of this shit, this has no... I, I love certain mumble rap or whatever they want to call it. You know what I mean? But the skill for where I learned how to rap, right? That wouldn't... I wouldn't have accepted that when I was 18 or 16 or 15. I'm worried about the kids, man. I'm worried... When I met Joey Badass, I know that's who you want you to know. That's separate, who I, but when we I can met do him, that now. I was like, yo, there's a kid that's 16 years old that loves this shit. There's there's hope for humanity, like, and then I started going on tour with him, and I would meet twelve year olds, thirteen year olds every night, of crying the week. over Joey. Badass. I've never seen that in my life though, yeah. because my whole life I've been rocking clubs. Like, I'm talking about even when I was out with Q Tip and Nas or whoever, it's always adults. Like, they weren't twelve year olds in the crowd ever. So now I'm out there doing all age shows with Mac Miller and Joey and all these kids, and I'm like, bro, the fact these kids are coming up to me talking about. You know, they're talking about term and talking about uh, all the shit I've done with whoever. I, there's too many people to name, but when they talk about that to me and they're like, yo, the shit with Cassidy and Saigon and this and that, it's like, bro, these are like, this is real, like, hope out here for hip hop. Mm. And then after Joey, it's like, I'm proud when I see um, a Corday. Mm-hmm. Or when I see, I'm trying to think Corday. of the youngest doing it right now. Um, there's a 20 year old I'm trying to I just had this conversation I looked it up there's like one 20 year old right now that's doing it I'm trying to remember who it is and he like you can tell he loves hip hop but besides that like I can't wait to hear the next 16 or 17 year old that loves this shit and wants to be great Hmm. you know I like that kid what's I think it's uh, I don't want to fucking butcher his name I think it's uh, it's Quay the kid from Philly man the the, the young kid man I'm LG is it LG Hey, hey, it's Brooke England here from Deposits. And if you're a fan of culture and business, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Deposits, where I interview dope individuals and celebrities of the culture. And we get into contracts, entertainment, and my favorite part, payouts. It's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. He's a kid? Yeah, he's he's a young kid. But he's rapping, talking rapping? about the, the rapper from Philly. Uh, L, I think it's LGP Quay. Quay, I think. Young kid from Philly. Hip hop shit. Hip hop shit. Yeah. The kid could rap, rap. Yeah, I'm I, on I, it. I'm I like, already I like on him, man. I gotta get on I like him a lot. But you know, shout out to you for understanding that at that time, because a lot of people didn't understand that. Sh- yeah. They just looked at it and was just like. I look at DJ producing the same way though. Like I'm happy when I meet a young kid. Shout out to like my man Neff. He loves this shit and is he's ten years he's more than ten years younger than me. He's about ten years. But the point is is he's keeping that vibe going. And I don't see that from a lot. Like I saw it with some of Pro Era they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like right now if you ask me the youngest person doing it, I don't even know. Like I want that them to carry their soul on. I know the kid Jay Versace's doing his thing with that sound and he's a young kid. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Producer um, or just like when I met Derringer, I was like, "This is what I'm talking about." Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. next generation doing it, mm-hmm. tra- adding cuts and doing this and that. Mm-hmm. It's like we need that. So mm-hmm. another young MC I really like is Jay Grams. That's another shout, one. You know what? Shout to Jay Grams. I mean, he, he's another uh, savant for rap. He, we got to. We got to. That's crazy. We might need to. We'll we'll talk about that later. But um, 
Let's get into Joey Badass real fast Because you know that's the person I put on the side That I wanted to just talk about that Now you mentioned when you, when you heard of him Your reaction when, when did you actually meet him? I met him at um, At my house In my house <laughs> Stripe sent him over so I could do scratches on, From the tombs on 1999 And um, when I was done doing the cuts He's like yo good looking man I'll see you soon I'm like nah bro you ain't leaving here without hearing some beats <laughs> he didn't, he, Like I didn't play him no beats yet the first beat I threw on ended up being Don't Front. And CJ was there, too. And CJ, oh, wow. They did it in one take. Like, and that, that ended up on the tape. And um, from there on, I was like, Joey would just... I'd be watching a movie downstairs in my crib. Remember the old crib where we of did course. the Gibbs shit? I'd be chilling. And all of a sudden, I hear a noise. I think someone's breaking in. I grab a baseball bat, open the door. It's Joey and these kids climbing down the back of the wall. Like, they never came in through the door. They'd always climb over the wall. And I, these, it was just, they'd be on their skateboards or bikes or whatever. And that became a regular thing where, like, me and Joey were just knocking out joints after joint after joint. Like, and it's still to this day, he pulled up last month. We knocked out five joints in one night. Like, it's just, it's always been the same vibe. No matter what he's doing or whatever I'm doing, like, that's my brother for real. That's my, like, me and Joey got a very special bond, so same, I appreciate it. No, I already, I already know. I already know. And that all just came from him needing a DJ. Like, Shipes was like, I want a real DJ. Bring him on. Because he was rapping on the vocals. I know he didn't want me to say that. These At kids the were rapping on the vocals in the beginning. Not, I mean, he was. that was just him just learning his foot. Now, it wasn't a long time that he Because I that came in right, pretty much right put. away. Uh, wasn't you on the first tour with us? Nah, I wasn't on the oh, first. He did one tour without me. The that Smokers was the Club. Smokers Club. Then I came in on the Beast Coast. And from there on out, I rocked fit. Uh, six years, seven years, I think. No, eight years straight we rocked from 2012. About seven years straight. I'm talking about hundreds of show a year. Like every festival you could do from Coachella to shit in Croatia, London. We were in London like every week. We were, man, we were just on the road for seven years straight. His first overseas show, I remember him coming back being so excited. I remember seeing that shit on Instagram. You know, it's funny. So me and Term got a show at the Splash Festival in Germany, and Action's supposed to go on. Is with that us. the shit that I was at? The shit? No, um, no, that's not Germany. Nah, you weren't there. That was the shit. In, it was in just Canada. Joey and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. CJ. Okay, okay, okay. So we're we're in Germany, and I'm expecting Action to walk in at any minute, and they're like, "Yo, Action canceled." I'm like, "Oh man." So I'm like, me and Term are like, "All right, whatever. Let's just go do our thing," and they're like, "Yeah, we replaced them with Joey Badass," and this is like, oh. Maybe two weeks after I did the first time he came to my crib. So this is my second time ever meeting him. And we're in Germany together. And that's when I seen the stage show. I was like, yo, Shipes, let me, you know, we talked about it. And I came in and changed the whole way that we approach shows. And I thought it was going to be a temporary thing. That shit was a great run. It's not over. We got plenty more to do. But, you know, I stay off the road more than I used to now because baby girl at home, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, man, what a shout out to Joey, man. We had a very uh, historic run with that. Absolutely. It will continue. Absolutely. And we'd see you like randomly in Oslo or fucking <laughs> all over the place. Like it's the shit running into your friends overseas Bro. off a of rap. Oh my Remember how we God. were talking about loving the culture good. and all that? That's the epitome of it. When you're chilling in fucking Amsterdam and you literally bump into your friend from home on some hip hop shit. Like you're there off of putting words and drum sounds and samples together. You know how crazy that is? Crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. It's the yeah, shit. <laughs> Yo, I had the best No, 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 look. I had the best I fucking the time. I feel like I had the best time I feel like I we, we, uh, it was somewhere in Canada. I, I don't 
Oh yeah, yo, that's the- <laughs> you know what show I'm talking about, right? With the cr- crazy dude throwing the napkins and all that. Yes, I, it was me, you, Joey. It was Edmonton. Edmonton. So the Shout show out was to it was supposed to be Ghostface. Um, Sheik Luch. No, Sheik wasn't even on the bill. And they brought him out as like a Sheik be popping up with ghost places. Yeah, Technician. I remember that was the first time I you, seen it. It was you, Joey, Ghost, and te- uh, Sheik, and who else? Oh, Action. Action. Yes. How crazy was How that? crazy was... Bro. Yo, do you know how Action got home that day? I remember being like, oh, man, this is ill. Bro, he was supposed to be in the Derek Jeter the, commercial. They sent him the they Michael him the Jordan jet. jet. Yeah, they sent him the jet. The Canada yeah. get Action. I, yo, I was, like, I was like, what the fuck? Shout out to Bam Bam, my motherfucking... Wow. Bro. Speaking of Bam Bam, when did you meet Action Bronson? 2010. Um... My man Polly, shout out to Uncle Polly. Shout out to Uncle Polly. We were just at Max Fish playing pool, and he's like, "Yo, my man, Action Bronson, look out for him." And the name stuck in my head, but you know, I hear people talk rap all day, so I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, your man, whatever." This is around Doctor. So he's like, time. "No, this is way before that. Before that came Dr. out after Lecter. me and Action already were rocking. Okay, okay, we did okay. our whole album before Doctor Lecter came out, and uh. then it dropped right after Lecter. Okay, 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 okay. But nah, this is like Action had 200 followers on Twitter, Crazy. so I DM'd him. And what happened next is I saw the video for uh, the first video he ever dropped where he's in like the, he got like the prosciutto and all uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. Um, I forget the name of the record. But I hit him on the DM and I'm like, yo, come by the radio show, Shade 45. He's like, absolutely. So there was a snowstorm and me and Tarm were doing one of those live EPs. We had the live stream and all that. And I was like. Yo, if you're around, come through. I never even met the dude. And he showed up in shorts. And there was this much snow on the ground. He came Classic in shorts action. and sandals. Came in the crib. Knocked out his <laughs> verse. And that day, was the, it was the first time he was ever on any website. But I had him. He went from zero to being on Rap Radar, Two Dope Boys. I had him because me and Term posted that as one of the songs. Mm. With, I'm talking about like an hour after <clears> he did it. So like he like left my house and was like, holy shit, I'm on all these websites. And that was like the beginning of it. You know, he came through again and I was like, let's just knock out a whole album. And then we did that album. That album to this day has like, man, like a hundred million streams or some shit. Like that album. That's a classic, man. Well done. We love those are good times, man. Because it was before anyone knew who he was. So there's no outside influences. Like he was still coming through with Jay Love. Mayhem. Mayhem's mm-hmm. been there, you know. They've so, known so each they, other. The first time I ever seen Action Bronson, I want to say it was around 2010. He, was, he wasn't he was as big as he was. I mean, now he's super small and super, he's fucking Nikolai Volkov. But he was smaller than he what was he was way got. smaller than yeah. what he got. And it was at this, it was this girl, her name is Nana Castro. Shout out to Nana Castro. She booked me, Mayhem, and I want to say ASAP Rocky, if, I, if I'm not if I, I can't remember, but it was the spot named Fat Baby. Yeah. Right? It was... Uh, Rivington and, uh, Rivington. Uh, exa- and Essex. Exactly. And Action came out with Mayhem. And that was when I first seen... I didn't know his name. I didn't know... But then, fast forward, seeing him Even again, Mayhem. Like, oh. I remember him being just the dude that would roll around with um, Jay Love. Facts. And, like, you know, it was it was cool, but, like, they found their shit after. They, like, found it in the niche, you know? Hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Who, who, what's your favorite project you worked on? Out of all the projects you worked Man, on, I don't even know. Um, it might be before the money because that whole shit was done in my daughter's bedroom, and she was on the way. Like her mom was pregnant, we were just doing all this, and then Junior passed right when we were finishing the album. It was like there's so many emotions with that album and mm. getting it done. Yo, there was a time where like it wasn't looking good. Like we were like, oh, we don't know if we're gonna finish it in time, and um. It was just an emotional time, man, and we knocked, we finished it all in the crib, 
and then my daughter was born right after and it's like some of the some of the stuff Joey wrote in that time too like he would just take a walk in the other room and come back with like really dope shit man so it's just I think before the money was probably because we did some of it in my last crib the, the old one and then I moved and it was like a whole new energy and that's where we finished the album and that's uh, Mr. Wonderful Action's first time we did some shit there too for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know it was before the money's one of my favorite um Trill Static is like that shit was just a moment. Moment. Um got a lot of projects, man. The Freddie uh, Gibbs right. one, the um a lot. <laughs> it's hard to even like bro, I can't I got like forty albums. I can't even think yeah, of but as far as my albums, I'm on my tenth one now, so let's let's move to that because yeah. I just signed the new deal. Uh-huh. It's the same deal as the last one, Mass Appeal, Rock Nation, all that, but it's like this one is not the middle of a pandemic. The last album, getting it was, was stressful because nobody was going to no studios for a while. Nobody was in that zone. Everybody's being mad careful. Like, I like to be in the studio, people. Right, right, right. So, Master Pill, Rock Nation. Technically, you got Nas and Hov. Yeah. And then I'm also signed with Shade 45, you know, so technically And, and you got Nas, technically I got Nas and M on your side. Yeah. Didn't you produce a record for M? I did a couple. How, how we going to get over that before? We're going to get into the 10th album and all that, right? Well, if we start but, going through everything I produce, that's all. But nah, bro, we can't. It's fucking Eminem, bro. Yeah, Detroit versus everybody. Um, and my daughter's like a product of that. His was crazy. So... I moved to the new crib and my rent's way more than the last crib and I'm stressed out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put my studio together. The first record I see is this record I had bought a while ago and it said Static on the Frequency. It was a Christian rock record. And the only reason I bought the record is because it went Static on the Frequency. I was going to use that on my radio show. So I was like, I'm going to start playing this to start my radio show off. And... Somebody was at my crib, I forget who, and I set my equipment up. This is the first day that I had everything set up. I put the record on, I sample it, and I make this quick beat with it, but the shit was kind of dope. So I'm like, I'm going to use this as the intro. I'm going to play the sample, and then I'm going to play the beat. I get to Shade 45 the same day, start the show with the sample. I go to play the beat, and I'm like, I never bounce the beat down. So I'm playing the sample, and I don't even have the beat. While I'm playing the sample, I let like the whole thing rock. I get a text from Paul Rosenberg. And he's like, yo, what the fuck is this you're playing? I'm like, it's like some shit I, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes, you should make a beat with it. I go, I already did, bro. I forgot to bring it. He's like, send it to me. Don't play it for nobody. I sent it to him. The next day, he's like, don't give that beat to nobody. And the first thing I'm going to think of is Eminem. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm waiting and waiting. Probably a week goes by, and I'm at Primo studio, and Royce is in the other room, and Shout out to my manager at the time, Fat Gary. That's family. Fat Gary's like, yo, Royce is in there rapping on your beat. But he's like, nobody can go in there because Big Sean's there or some shit. I was like, so Big Sean and Royce are on my beat? I'm like, that's weird. Like, I'm like, I wonder what beat it is. I didn't know what beat it was. Fast forward, you know, lawyers are hit me up and all that. And they're like, yo, you got a record on Eminem shit. And it's featured. They didn't even tell me exactly who was on the song. But I was like, is Big Sean on it? They're like, we'll see. So that I knew he was on it. So I get to Miami. I'm on tour with Joey. We had a day off, and I ain't seen my girl in mad long. And we, you know, we had just lost a child. All this crazy shit. We were mm. trying to get pr- pregnant, right? 
So I'm like, I'm on tour. I got one day off. And I'm like, I'm flying to Miami to beat the show in Miami. So I fly her down. We meet in Miami. And the second I land in Miami, my phone's blowing up. The track list had come out. And it said Detroit vs. Everybody featuring Big Sean, uh, Danny Brown, Royce the Five Nine, Dej Loaf, Trick Trick. And I see the thing, Eminem featuring them. And I'm like, yes. So I'm like, we're celebrating tonight. That's the day I made my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. Yes, that. But um, yeah, man. Like, sh- shout out to Shady. I'm very like v- extremely loyal to the Shady brand. Um, I've been rocking with them since even before I was on Shade Forty Five. I was doing Street Team and all that. So, That's and now I got a, I got another record with M Two called Richard with Obi Trice. Fire. Yeah, man. That that one came first. But um, yeah, man. He's. I like how you just humbly said, yeah, I got another record with him that came up. Before. I mean, I got, man, it's. <laughs> Yo, no, it's crazy, though. Let's delete my whole catalog. Ready? I'm going to talk my shit now. That's what you're kicking in. Give him some more. Let's delete my whole discography right now. Uh-huh. What I'm going to drop in the next 365 days is going to, yeah, I ain't going to be talking about shit. I want to hear no other producer's name. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, when I drop this album, Two Chains, scrap your top five album list. Scrap your top five rapper list. When I drop, I'm, I can't even say a lot of these. Nah. One of them is the biggest artist on the planet. I got a couple records with. Not hip hop. Not hip hop. Bigger than hip hop. Hmm. Um, we're not doing the guessing game. Yeah, well, I, I, I got a record on Russ. He said it, so I can say it now. I got a record on Russ's album. Shout out to I love Russ featuring Lloyd Banks and Sai the Prince. I got a record. I gotta be careful what I announce and what I don't. The two chain shit is gonna fuck everybody up. Everybody, like everybody, no matter what you think it sounds nah, like. Fuck with chains though. This is he his. Go. To me, this is like, this is his. It was written a reasonable doubt. Like this is, bro. This shit is in the features, man. I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> and I know I say that every time I do an interview, but now I was told a, a date, so oh, it's coming. Shit. It's coming. And you, you left probably the not pro- this year, but you it's left the project top. out that's coming out too in the next. Not even me months. and Dizzle working on the album. Not not only me that. and Ransom are working on our second album. Well, the last one was in 2013. Mm. Look at Ransom. That's another one where I just saw the talent. At that time, he he wasn't fucking with Budden no more. He wasn't fucking with Clue, and I just. I heard this one record by him, and I was like, he got to come to the show. We got in the lab, knocked out a whole album, The Proposal, which we're now putting out on vinyl, which I'm excited about. But Ransom's run right now, he might be the best rapper alive, bro. Phenomenal. Ransom is bodying phenomenal, shit right phenomenal, now. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Shout out to my nigga Randy. Ran- Ransom was there when I met Joey, too. Like Ransom would be in the cut just watching, and it's funny to how everything went full circle, man. Fuck with Ransom, man. That that's that's ill. You know, like, it's another project that you that's in the can right now. Shout out to my brother Nemo. Yeah, no, that's about to drop. That's, that's the next James, album though. that's coming out. That's the next yeah. joint that's coming out. Fully produced by yours truly. The big horse, Static you heard, man. with my brother, the big horse. Shout out. I to did the, the big whole horse. album. Got some surprises on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I got an album with Conway coming when we finish it up. I got an album with. Uh, I, mean, I know I'm forgetting. Shout out to Nems. Me and Nems got a project. The Gorilla. Um, let me think. Me and Dave East are doing a project. Ooh. A lot of Harlem shit coming. Out. A lot of Harlem oh, shit. We, we love you. Big Harlem. We love you. We love you out there. So me, and, me and Jim Jones like started to... to we got some stuff coming. But hmm. we, we talking about something. Me and, me and at least two of the locks are dropping a project like separately. But... I've had actually I've had the conversation with all three of the locks. So I want to do. I'm gonna just say this. This is what I want to do. I want to do like ten songs, three with Ghost, 
three with Sheik, three with Kiss, and then the tenth song be all three of them. Mm, That'd be a ill concept. That's hard. That's what I want to do. But either way, I got a lot of shit coming with the locks. That's family. Um, I got a Wu Tang record on my album that's fucking ridiculous. I got a record on Inspector Dex album. I got um, I got some new shit with Ghostface and Raekwon. I got bro, I got so much shit coming. Now nah, you always new you shit always with Nas. Shit. Like I got so much shit coming, man. Shout out to Esco. Some un, some shit in the can with Westside. This crazy. A lot of sh- I got some shit with Rome Streets. I got a lot of shit. Just like I'm. I'm getting there. I had both both of them was here yesterday. So, um, congrats uh, to Rome for signing up to Griselda. Yeah. So, I got some questions. You know what I mean? My chat is bubbling. They got a lot of questions. Somebody said, ask him what was his hardest album in terms of production to complete? Like, what challenged your ear the most? Um, Shout out to This Scott. last album was definitely the most difficult album to finish because we're in the middle of a pandemic and... You know, just people weren't moving around like that. And you'd think the artists would be, like, in the booth spin more. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of artists took a break during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. You think they took a break? I think a lot of artists weren't. And maybe um, when I think of the pandemic, I'm talking about, like, March 15th to, like, May. Because after that, we were outside in New York. We were in the streets yeah. and all that. I'm talking about those couple months. Like, the world stopped for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was going to last as long as it's been. We're still not back at Shade 45. No. Like, we do that shit from our Oh, it's still studio. remote? I heard next month, hopefully. Oh, wow. Finally opening so the So that'll be when things feel... Normal. Yeah. But then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. I don't even want to get into that <laughs> other shit. But, um, you know, to go to your point, I feel like, at least for me, the pandemic made me go harder. Like, I... Yeah. You know, after the first week or two, it's like, oh, okay, this is what it's going to be. I bet. Like, I adapted quick, figured it out, got my own studio shit. The pandemic was a very similar feeling to when the drama shit happened, because it was like... You had to figure it out. For DJs, it was like, guess what? No more gigs. All the gigs I lined up, canceled. South by Southwest, canceled. Right, right. All the festivals, canceled. Right. No shows. So for DJs, and I'm very... I worked for it. Don't get it twisted. I worked for all of it, but I'm very blessed that I can survive without having shit every night. You know how many DJs in New York City get by gig to gig that were like fucked in the game and had to I know people that lost their minds bro that were just like I'm, I've been DJing my whole life and now I have zero income mm. it's like that shit fucked people up mm. nah it did it did I mean it fucked people <laughs> up that, that couldn't adjust let's yeah. say that because you, you have know. to find a way to reinvent yourself or find mm-hmm. a, another angle and anyone that has one hustle anyway I don't You're care. You're one trick pony. Yeah, you, you deserve you deserve to not have yeah, nothing if you got it's one. It's a wake up call. You it's gotta have call. at least a couple. Yeah. At least. I mean, for us, like we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in shows. I mean from, bro, from, you know what I mean? Like just, just, I lost at least, let me think, from March to well really for even now things are just starting to pick up. But like for at least a year and a half, no DJ gigs, do the math. Even if I'm doing crazy. one gig a week, that's still like Whatever there's still is, thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands a month gone and it's like thank god I produce and I have a label and I mm-hmm. find ways of getting money cause sheesh I can't imagine what it's like for a picture just a regular cat that gets $200 a night to DJ at a bar and that's all he's been doing for 20 years and they're just like no more bars see you later that shit's crazy fish out of water somebody asks what advice do you have for any self made artists that do it for the lyrics <laughs> what was the last part that do it what for any self-made artists that do it for the lyrics stick to what you got into it for in the first place like don't lose that that feeling i'm not not the feeling because the feelings change but the goal it's like i feel like a lot of people got into it idolizing the you know that hip-hop shit and then they started to see 
I call it the Drake effect, man. Mm. Look at Drake. He's like, I love Slum Village and fucking Little Brother. And then he blows up and he got more songs with Gucci Mane than he does with, you know. And that's okay. Good for his success. But I don't like it when there's not a balance there. Because that's not what you were about. You know what I mean? Like, stick to that shit you love. There's no reason that Drake can't throw Fonte on a hook, bro. It's wow. never even happened. Mm. I'm just saying, you know, the truth. When I met Drake, that's I thought he was going to be like, oh, what's up, bro? Peace. Dude was like, yo, I bump you shit in the gym, mad love, I love. I'm like, cool, can we get some? Can we get a song? Yeah. Like, I made a fake Drake record one time with a Tim Westwood freestyle, and he posted on his blog, on his blog. Oh, that's hot. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, he pays attention. Mm. The same way Hove is, Hove's watching everything. I know. The same way, you know, they're paying attention to hip-hop, man. They love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just, you know, stick to what you love. And you don't, you can do other things, that's fine. But always keep the, the element that you got started with in there somehow. Somehow. Keep the main thing the main thing. Last question from the congregation. Do you have another project coming with Spitter? Yeah. I actually was busting his balls, pause, because he was like, he, lays, he he named all these albums he had coming out. I was like, oh, you, you didn't put my name. He's like, damn, my buzz, bro. I'll redo it. I'm like, nah, don't worry about it. But like, we got some more shit coming, man. Me and Spitter, is a, it's auto. It's autopilot. Autopilot. Same damn. way with me and Bun. Like, that yo, me and Bun's next y'all shit. Auto Check this out. You right? Ooh. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> smoke this. <laughs> Yo, you ready for this? Too. You All ready right. for this? I'm ready. We're doing Trail Static 2 in LA. Oh, no. So you can imagine the, the, oh, the, the artist. And it's going to be fun, man. You might have to jump on a plane. I will. You know, I love the both of y'all. I'm there. First thing smoking, you let me know what's going one on. One of the dopest Maybe. moments of the last one was Quali was in LA watching, and he's like, Yo, y'all doing an album? Went to the airport, got on a flight, and we were still working when he landed in New York, and he came straight to the studio. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> crit, too. Crit, crit was in Atlanta while we, when we started the album, then he flew right up. Mm-hmm. I feel like I came in with Crit that day. Yeah, yep, yep. yep for the bun shit. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. What's up? You want to shoot the five? Yeah, I got, I, got, I got a couple of names. All right, so we got this segment with show called Shoot the Five. He shoots you five names, and you give me the first thing that comes to mind when you I actually got name. about seven. You're a special dude. Let's go. Right. Lucky shoot, seven. Shoot the right. five. Cream. Goat. Nas. I would say goat again, but I'll come up with another one. Um, genius. Q-tip. Looking for the right word to... Um, ma- uh, master craftsman. Those two words. Nah, that's all right. That's cool. You you can say a phrase. Terminology. Hustler. Mm, Joey Badass. Great mind. You gonna end it all? Status selected. Dedicated. Dedicated. Um, hold on, I got a couple joints for you. I got a couple joints for you. Biggie Pop. Biggie. Jay and Nas. Come on, son. <laughs> I had Good to, answer. I had to try. Nah, keep yeah, on. I, I wasn't happy. I had to try. <laughs> Winter, summer. Summer. Jay the Kiss of Beanie Seagulls. Who won the battle? Keep it a bean. Who won the battle? From the bean. Keep it a bean. I'm sorry. It's a hard one, man, because it was a great battle. And uh, I would say who won. I think in my eyes, Jay the won the overall picture. <laughs> Oh, the overall picture? The overall picture. Okay. I feel like, um, man, it's not fair. Uh, uh, <laughs> Shout out to Beans. You know, Beans knows I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fact. That's I, love, a fact. I love them both. Bad Boy Death Row. Bad Boy. Production. 
production. Prem or RZA? Oh, no, 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 that's what I uh, Prem all day, but RZA is like should be in my top five. That's a good little the, the remix that you got. This is the remix after after you shoot the five. Oh, that's what it's, that's I'm what fucking with that. Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm, I'm, I probably need to it. after you give them. Their that's names. when I don't give them the POW. You know what I'm saying? We got you know what I'm saying. That's when I don't do that. I gotta I gotta do a little spin on them. Now, that's really my friend. So I'm a, I'm gonna speak in codes. I'm not shitting on you. Right, I'm out to just to your benefit. So he got this other segment that he does. I know you know you, you see the show. You see our banter a lot. Don't have to partake because I never partake, right? That's why he skipped it. What is it? It's called Porn Star of the Week. Oh, what do you mean? I'm the Porn Star King. This is why bro, I, I know said this. The fuck? I know bro, you're I've my friend. This is why I said porn, it. I've had over 100 porn so stars. I was on my about show. to skip that. That's why I didn't let you skip it. Normally, I, I do, but, I, stars, but I know like, him. I've like, so, go oh, ahead. Yeah, 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 oh, wait. I hold on. Let me let me get home. Bro, I've done the ABNs, I've done all that. Yeah, look your little music. Your little music was just there. Hey, yo, listen. Give me a porn star of the week. Porn star of the week? Yeah, give me a porn star. It, it could just get. This week. nigga got a Pornhub porn subscription, bro. Week. So he knows. I everything. got all that shit, but I'm just saying. Uh, a Bella Anderson. She doesn't work no more though. She doesn't. But I fuck with that <laughs> ever. I never met her, man. I met all my favorites. I never met her. Who's your favorites? Can you give me top five? I'm sorry. I'm she's sorry. she's gotta... like top like three. Okay. Um. I'm gonna just shout out my friends, man. Shout yeah. out to Melanie Monroe, that's okay. family. Sarah J, that's family. Sarah like J, of Sarah J. Now Legend. here's here's Legend. why she's the illest. Legend. Not only does she she's a freak, right? But yo, she produces, directs all her own shit, owns it. She's yeah. like a she's a great business mind, man. Like mm. her, the way she does it. Lisa Ann too is like that. Shout out to Lisa Ann. Shout out to Dylan Ryder. Shout out to like these are like my friends. Like I've now he really these about are like, the brown knows you. He, huh? He, he really about the brown knows you now. He's so Nah, excited. these are people I can text and be like, yo, I'm having a housewarming. Like, these are like, my, they're all cool people. Yo, they good people, yeah. though, right? People yeah. be shitting on porn stars. No, but check it out. Some of them, some of them got the craziest stories that you're like, oh, that's why she's a porn star. Yeah. And then other ones, like Sarah J., Yo, she got a normal-ass upbringing. Her parents are, like, churchgoers. Like, everything's mad normal. She's she just, just a like fucking hustler. Yeah. I mean... Oh, excuse me, excuse me. All due respect. No, she don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, she's like... <laughs> she some, I, I don't want to say... Shout out to Sarah J. She, she knows like what it is. Big, you know that's my yeah, home. That's my, I'm I don't go to Miami and not link with her. Like, that's my... Yo, like, Sarah, check this out. That's my drinking partner. I jerked off to you <laughs> maybe 559 <laughs> times. <laughs> No bullshit, bro. I have, I have Sarah. I have Sarah and another girl with me and live, bro. People be like, like, bro. Fun that's times, Sarah man. Jane, that, she's bro. a legend, man. Mook said she owed her. You remember her? That's what Mook shouted oh, that's, out. Oh, yeah. That's what Mook, Mook shouted. Mook, she was already porn star. Murder, that's murder Mook said he. Owed, she, 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 she's she just good people, man. That's a fact. Murder, murder Mook said she owed him a blowjob because <laughs> some some shit. Did somebody won the finals. Some shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. My, the heat when the heat uh yep yeah when he's that yeah, fuck yeah. with the porn I, you know what's funny <laughs> you're not even gonna believe this obviously I watch porn but like not as much but as other be people I be meeting the porn stars on some social shit cause they come through the radio show or I'll be out and I get cool with them and I don't realize like how major they are until we're out somewhere and no, people they, are like this is what I'm saying cause like, not every porn star walks around dressed like a porn star a lot of them yeah, walk around mad normal shout out to they uh, like Jelena Jensen too she's a good friend of mine and she's incredible Shout out to her. But, um, man, like, 
they live normal lives too. Some of them. Sarah J will walk in the club looking like a porn star. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But like you know, some of them would show up wearing hoodie and sweatpants, and nah, you wouldn't Candace even think. Candace Vaughn that. is my homegirl, so yeah. she she lives a yeah, normal that's life. Shout out to you Shout know. Shout out to Candace Vaughn. It's the queen of the show. You know, she was the first porn star of the week. She kicked it off. Yeah, that's that's you know that's saying? family right there. But yo, you know what I'm saying? No, we go tap in. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I did though when I when I had a, you know I got a little girl man when I had, when I first I had understand. my daughter I fell back a, a, like a lot but. But I'm still friend, like I still hang out with them and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't have them on the radio show as much. We haven't been live in mm-hmm. fucking forever. But when we get back live again, I'm, well, I'm a new man right now. New man. Shy away to that shit. Nah, it's nothing. Like I'm not because you was like raw with it. You know what I'm saying? Like let's go. That's what I do. Nah, it's because people are corny and a lot of them their girls run their lives, so that's why they can't do it. Let's keep it a buck. A lot of y'all, yo, there's a lot of dudes out there. I feel bad for you. I'm not disrespecting you right now. But there's a lot of dudes out there that, like, if their girl even found out what they jerked off to, would probably be single. Can I say something? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I tell mine, I'm jerking off next to my girl, like, she waking up. And I'm like, what? Go to sleep. Now go back to sleep. Now look, I might be guilty for that. Nah, let me explain something. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So, so why I really don't care for porn like that? Like when you always say it, I'm just like, yeah, like I'm not into it like that. I'll throw it on. Now I'm not gonna say I wasn't into it because once upon a time I might have been into it. Had to be right, but you know, once I had children, yeah, right, and and you know, I guess at one point in time my kid's mother might have ran my life a little bit, right, right, and and. I got porn shamed. Like I used to like like have to like sneak into it, and I think one time she got on my computer and the tab was. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's a weird conversation. It when like, it's not that. It's not uh, where y'all at. Yeah. And then from then I just programmed my mind to not give a fuck about it, and then I just live my own life. Let's so, keep it a hundred real quick. Cause I was just thinking about this. Let's I keep it a buck. You know what's the porn? best in your player days, whenever that may be in your life. But when you're getting so much pussy that you don't even think about jerking off or porn. I think that's where my life is. I'd say like 10 years ago, that's where I was at with it. And it was like, I'm trying to get back to it. But nah, listen, 10 years ago, (laughs) 10 years ago, man, there was like, I didn't even think about porn or none of that shit. And I was messing with half the porn stars I just said, but that's a different story. Let's you go. I'm talking mayonnaise today. You talking mayonnaise? It's all good. Shit. I ain't been but single in eight years. I'm single as fuck. Let's go. <laughs> I, th- I think that's where I'm at now. Like, I have no desire to why. I just, you know what I mean? I Whatever. But anyway. He get- Stat, you're a legend. Legend. Thank you, man. A saint you. a scholar. You. You're another dude that reinvented himself so many times. And that's such a big thing in hip-hop, man. Like, to think about this. Like, a couple years ago, before Griselda, before all that, right? If someone was like, yo, this dude, you're going to meet this dude, Benny, and do a whole album with Pete Rock, your brain would have been like, what? Like, when we were coming up, like, let's say 2010, whatever, 2009, that whole concept sounds like half a million dollars or some shit. Absolutely. And we earned it to the point where dudes like Pete and all them are all down. All the legends, I got... You know, having premiered be on my first album, talking on the intro, that's out of respect. That ain't that ain't no like we didn't go through management to do that. Mm. That's that's the ultimate respect, man. Is when your your heroes embrace your craft, not only co-sign it but like create with you. That's, that's the shit, bro. And I love you for that. And let me let me share something. When we did Trill Static, right? You know, I'm always a student when 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 I'm around the legends and I'm around you and everybody's creating, and you know. You put me on a record with Bun, right? Bun hit me. It was cool. 
Then I left. Then Fat Joe, that shit happened. I came back. And then I was just like, Yo, I'm not I gonna lie. believe I was I on the record. I never told you this. I never told you this. When we're playing them beat, the first beat I played him was the German Method Man. And I was like, if this is Fat Joe, Method Man, and Bun, that'd be crazy. I could tell the beat wasn't talking to him. And Method Man had already got on it. He killed it. Mm-hmm. So Joe didn't want to get on that. So played another one. Then I think it was the second one I played. And you start rapping. And I'm like, you know what? Joe's going to pass on this because I don't think him and Smoke have a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. And for him to just get on a record with someone he don't know, I don't see Joe doing it. Mm-hmm. And I, he's like, who's that? I'm like, Smoke Dizzy. And he's like, yeah, this the one. And it was like, I didn't see that coming because Joe might have been like, yo, I want it to be just me and Bun or mm-hmm. me, Bun, and Raekwon or this or that. I thought he was going to be like really specific because he don't just jump on records mm-hmm. with, with strength. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't know each other, right? Vaguely. Maybe here and there. Vaguely. But he was like, nah, this is the one. And Shout out to Joe. And he did the hook. And, and the hook is the hook. incredible. And, and that was right after Nip died. Facts. And he said, keep Nip in your heart. He He's a basket. Basquiat. Come on, man. What are and we talking about? I think that's what made, that was what made him know me. I got three unreleased Nipsey records I produced. That's oh, a whole different conversation. Come on, stop playing. He just said 300 Nipsey records? No, three, three unreleased. Oh, three three unreleased. You fucked me up. Because uh, I had another story. with I had another little intel right there. Oh, uh, my fuck, bad, my bad. You fucked me up with the Fat Joe shit up. With the Fat Joe. And then you fucked me up with the Nipsey Yeah, shit. you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Because you I'm must have been like, wait, how did this even happen? F- Smoke when? left. Let's keep it real. He pulled the Irish goodbye. That's what really happened. <laughs> and I was like, damn, Smoke left. All right, cool. He did his thing. It's I all did. good. I didn't I feel did. it kind of way. <laughs> it was mad late. And Westside left too. Westside went with him. They yeah. did the Irish we goodbye hungry. together. We like, man, we get the fuck dipped. out of here. And then I text Smoke like, yo, Fat Joe's here getting on the song you're on. All of a sudden, Smoke and Westside Gun show back up. But look, I started thanking y'all like, yo, thank you, thank you. Thank you and, and Bun is like, nah, don't thank me. Like, you know, like you deserve to be on this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you work hard. You a good dude. And that was like full circle because I'm like, I'm with one of my favorite producers. I got two of my favorite Bro, artists. Bro, Bun that B, I look like like the way Fat Joe on, is. Man. Bun B is that for for hip hop for the South. Even though Facts. he's all hip hop, like, specifically he's the Fat Joe Sneakers, of Houston. First time I met Bun B, 2009 South by Southwest. I went to introduce myself to him. He was like, nah, I know you already. Pulled out his iPod. Yep. And he had my songs on yep. it. And he was like, look, I'm listening to this. Blue. Bro, Bun is the Word. most hip-hop dude, man. Like, He's on top of everything coming out. He's good with all the legends. You never hear nobody in the, this shit ever say a bad word about him. Ever. That's ever, ever, ever. And someone finds a problem with everybody. Not Bun. Not Bun. Not Bun. He's solid. You know, before it's one more thing before we get out of here. I, I want to ask. How did you link with Rock Nation? Oh, that's that's a that's a good one, man. I'm really shout out to my team, man. My team at Rock Nation is incredible. Um, what happened was the the classic Lock Strength Champs. I was there for that. Like I just showed up to Term was like, yo, they're doing it. And, you know, a lot of people don't know. Me and Nori like took the Drink Champs name. He he obviously came up with the name Drink Champs, but we turned into like a lifestyle, like. We've been in the room with Jay and Beyonce and Khaled and all these people, and me and Nori are mixing Moet and vodka, like drink champs, like doing dumbass shit. That's how it all really started getting crazy. Then he started the podcast and started calling it drink champs years later. So with drink champs, I was around from the beginning. Like I've been at least 20 episodes. Some of my talks, some of my didn't. But at the locks one, we're just there chilling. And um, shout out to Christy Clifford. I see her, and you know she 
she tells me, she's like, so-and-so brought your name up in a meeting the other day. We know who so-and-so is. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, word? She's like, why was he, he said, why isn't he on the Locks album? And she's like, he is. And I had, it was the record, the Locks just dropped an album recently. The song I did on there was on it years ago. And, um, you know, she's like, you know, he is. So when I seen her, she told me the story. And she's like, who's managing you? And I'm like, at the time, shout to Fat Gary. Gary was you know, had his Shout hands in different things. So at the time I was like, you know, Gary's not that active in my, in my career right now. So I was like, you know, I'm open to conversations. She's like, yo, come up to the rock. I go up there. I play. This is how long me and two chains been cooking. This is 2017, maybe 2000. Yeah. 2017. I started playing some of the two chains records. Ty Ty comes in the room, starts flipping out. Like people are going crazy. Like I'm telling you when people hear these records. So, they were like, yo, we want to sign you, blah, blah, blah. So I signed a Rock Nation in, like, um, I think June 2017. And then, you know, it was when you're signed around that many amazing artists, it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to get prioritized or whatever. So one thing led to another, and now my man Freaky Yayo is my manager there. Christy went on to, she still manages a lot of greats, but now my man Freaky is my main manager there. Shout out to Mike Brinkley and Hank and the whole team, but... Now the way I'm embraced there is like I, it's almost like I signed again, and the the way that things are moving in Rock Nation now is incredible. They're bringing, you know, when I dropped the last album, the way they combined with Mass Appeal to we were like number three on the chart. We were everything came together amazing. So shout out to my team up there. I feel like I literally feel like a new artist. Last year when I went to the Grammy weekend in L.A., um, I went up to my meeting. It was my first time at the. It was the West Coast office was new. The the one they were in, it was like brand new. Same building as Sirius Satellite. So it was my birthday. I was doing my radio show in LA in Sirius and Rock was upstairs. So I was going back and forth. The vibe, like I had all these meetings with new agents. Everything was coming together incredibly. Kobe Bryant dies. Mm-hmm. The day after the Rock Nation brunch. And bro, I literally, like everything changed, dude. Like it was like, and then COVID was like kind of like, mm-hmm. like a rumor in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like the minute Kobe died, just life was never the same, man. Yo, it's facts. crazy. It's a fact. And, you know, being in L.A. for it and just like, it was insane, man. And, you know, after that, it was just like, I can't even tell the story I want to tell, but it's, uh, anyway, t- to answer the Rock Nation, I feel like a new artist up there. Like, I, the way I've been getting, it, shout out to them, man. They're really incredible company. That's dope. That's dope. I love hearing shit like that, man. It, it, it. <clears throat> We'll get to that a later day, but I love hearing that. That's good. You know what I mean? And mass appeal too, like hope. so important to to hip hop. With mm-hmm. shout out to Peter and Annie and the whole team, but Nas being you know Hands the face of it, there. and he's so really involved in all mm-hmm. the projects there. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they're doing global, they're doing crazy shit all around the world. They got like the biggest rapper in India. They got like all this craziness going on between the movies they did the Wu-Tang documentary Mm -hmm. they got so much shit going on so shout out to Mass Appeal this next run is gonna be my 10th album like this one is a one for the books man. when is that shit dropping top of the year top of the year top of the year alright well my eyes is peeled we got our thing coming you know what I mean I got a session right now man yeah and I got got a fucking meeting right now they waiting for me on a a, uh, video meet but yo Static follow me on Twitch man Static Select Follow him on, t- on Twitch, Static Select. Wells, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram, it's sta- at Static Select across the board. S-T-A-T-I-K-S-E-L-E-K-T. Now I mean? The great Static Selector. Love, man. Appreciate you. What's that stupid shit you say? Yo, Yo. 
Oh, no, no, no. I was no. going to oh, say, no. stay on him. Like, leave him comments to finish his fucking album. He got the beats. The only person holding up is him now. Nah, it's me. And watch how we drop it. Now, watch. I'm going to do my ver- I'm going to do the songs, the album, in front of you guys. Like okay. I normally do. Because, you That's know, hard. I'm Hibachi. I'm going to sit here. Anytime I record, I turn on Twitch. I don't care what's going on. My community, the congregation, is going to arrive at the Kush God for the sermons. So I'm going to do that in front of them. And they'll tell you. I won't even text okay. you. They'll tell you. Yeah, keep me updated because yeah, smoke, smoke's not gonna. So y'all can keep me <laughs> they, updated. They're gonna keep you updated because they know I'm on here. What's that stupid no, shit? You yeah, nah, y'all good. Curls for the girls, ways for the bays, nice for the hit rats. We got static selector, show Broadway, smoke. There's a personal party podcast. Chill. What's up, world? It's your boy Big Court from the Holding Court Podcast. If you're a fan of authentic interviews with legendary artists and notable people in the culture, subscribe to the Holding Court Podcast. See, we a show that cover artist interviews, hip-hop culture, lifestyle, and current topics. <laughs> we got the D-Boys and the B-Boys. See, HCP is where the streets and black excellence meet. And is brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators.